The Productive Woman, Episode 259. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome back or welcome if you're new and thank you so much for joining me. This episode, we'll be talking about getting ready to move to a new home. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 259. This episode is brought to you by the University of California at Irvine Continuing Education Department. Visit ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and enter TPW for 15% off one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and enter the code TPW for 15% off one course. I'll share a little more about them later, but I wanted to make sure you knew about this special offer because it's only valid till December 31st, 2019. In the meantime, let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It is hard, as you know, to find time to sit down and read to learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. Well, there's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses each of them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books, but Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now, and I'm one of them. It has a massive and growing library, books from self-help to business, health to history books, just anything you can think of that might help you grow and learn as a person. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. What I like about Blinkist is it gives me those main points of a book, which helps me evaluate which books I want to make time to read in full later. It also helps me in refreshing my memory of books that I have read in the past, but maybe it hasn't been recent and just hits those highlights again and brings them all back to mind. So I've read or listened to a number of books with Blinkist and recommend that you check them out. Among them, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, which, you know, it's he's got some great points. I don't agree with everything he says, but there's some great points in there and some interesting thought-provoking ideas. I've also listened to, or I read the the Blinkists for the Blinks for Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, which I have read the whole book in the past, but just reading the Blinks or listening to the audio feature is a great way to just bring 
bring those back to memory. So another one that I recommend. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. And right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for the productive woman community. Go to Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven day trial. That's seven days of unlimited free access to read or listen to Blinkist's massive library of books. That's Blinkist. It's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven day trial. Again, Blinkist.com slash TPW. Give it a try and, and shoot me an email. And let me know what you read or listened to. This week, we're talking about moving to a new home. I have moved house many, many times in my life. When I was growing up, my father was a bit of a wanderer, so we moved a lot. I never liked it. <laughs> it was always hard for me to go to a new place, start a new school. But, you know, I, I met, met a lot of people, saw a lot of places. And after I grew up and established a home of my own, I realized how much tougher it must have been on my mom when we were young, moving house, a household and a bunch of kids. Well, Mike and I have moved quite a few times in the 40 years we've been married. We've moved across town, but more than once we've moved across the country. And right now we're contemplating moving again. As you know, if you've listened for a while, we are pretty much empty nesters now. Our youngest is off in graduate school. And we're thinking about downsizing a bit now that our kids are out on their own and maybe we don't need the house that we have now, which is quite large and the property that we have, which is also large. So we're, we're thinking about it. We're kind of preparing ourselves and the house for the idea of selling and moving into something a little newer, little, maybe a little smaller, getting rid of some things. So for us, uh, as I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, I know I'm not the only one who's maybe thinking about this and preparing to move to a new home. I thought it was worth talking about, partly so I could share some things I've learned, but also to ask you, what suggestions do you have for me? What should I be thinking about now that we are at this empty nester stage and considering moving to a new home? So for us, there are two parts to it. I think this is true for everybody. One of them is getting ready, the house you're in right now, ready to sell or ready for you to move out of it. And the other piece is getting ready to move into a new house. And uh, there are a lot of things that I've thought about and thing, different things we're doing that I thought I'd share some of that, some things that I think are key to keep in mind, both to get ready to, to move out, uh, getting a house ready to sell and getting ready to move into something else. And so I thought I'd share a few of those. Uh, the first one, of course, is plan ahead. Uh, there are tons of resources online to help with that planning, including a number of moving checklists and timelines that you can download to make sure you stay on track and everything gets done. Nothing gets you know, slips through the cracks. I will share links for a couple of those resources, the the timelines and the checklists, uh, including some 
printable to-do list for you that you might find helpful. I thought they were very useful. And so I'll share those in, in the show notes or links for those in the show notes for this episode. The, the, whether you download somebody else's checklist or not, I think the thing is you need to think through what needs to happen in order to move your household from one place to another. And in our case, we're, I think we're just going to be moving to another house somewhere in the area where we are now. But, you know, the same things apply if you're moving across the country or to another country for that matter. A lot of people recommend, and I think this is a good idea, to uh, get a notebook that is just for the move and maybe one with pockets in it so that you can you know, put receipts and different things that you gather in this process in there, but someplace to keep all the information that you're going to need to have and the ideas that you have, lists and things. So whether, um, you know, thinking about movers and you're, you're going to need to research somebody to come and help you move or moving trucks and, and a list of friends who can help friends and family who can help if you're going to have it be a do it yourself move. Um, keep track of that phone numbers and, and prices and that sort of thing. Maybe have a section where you start a running list of the utilities and subscriptions and various vendors that you're going to need to get address changes to, or to line up for at the, at the new location. If you're going somewhere where you can't just like transfer your phone or you transfer your electric bill from one house to the other, uh, maybe you're going to need to research who's available, who are you going to want to, you know, work with in the new place, have a place to keep that information as you're going along. Anything else that you think of that you're going to need as part of the move, maybe gathering, reminding yourself to gather the kids' school records, family medical records, immunizations, any of that sort of thing that you're going to need in the new place that you're going to. So planning ahead, I think, is really important. Thinking ahead of what needs to happen, what materials, supplies, and resources you're going to need to make that happen. The second thing I think that is important early on, especially if you have advanced notice, and this is what we're trying to do right now, and that's start getting rid of stuff. This really came into kind of... Um, sharp relief for me really came to my attention when we went to an open house at a very nice house that we liked the house a lot. But when we left, you know, we spent some time walking around the house and looking at it. And there were, there's a lot about this house we like, we're still talking about it. Um, but w when we left to go to whatever it was we were doing next, you know, we're driving there and talking about the house. And I, I made the comment that it felt uh, to Mike that it felt like it needed to be cleaned. And he was, he, his response was kind of, well, it didn't seem dirty to me. And I said, no, it wasn't that. And I thought about it for a while. And I, and I realized that it wasn't that the house was dirty or even that the living areas were cluttered. But what made me have this kind of impression that it needed to be cleaned was that every single closet including, and then the open hanging, there was a hanging area for clothes in the laundry room, that all of those spaces were completely jam-packed with clothes. 
I I mean, the master bedroom had a huge walk-in closet with built-ins, but it was full. And the closets in each of the other bedrooms were full, not just that they had clothes in, they were crammed full. And then, like I said, the laundry room had uh, what I, I love a laundry room to have, which is a rod for hanging things on maybe that you don't want to put in the dryer, but it was completely full of clothes on hangers to the point that you couldn't see that there was like a countertop underneath it. And that just left me feeling like the house was um, cluttered and, and needed to be cleaned. And it really got me thinking about, okay, what are people going to think when they come into my house, if we list our home for sale? And so we have been in the process and I've been on doing this anyway, but really thinking about, getting rid of stuff. And it's more than just decluttering. So your house might not look or feel cluttered. Maybe your closets aren't as jam-packed as this particular house. But think about this, if you're considering moving, do you really want to pack and move everything you currently own? Our answer is we don't. There, we are. Therefore, we're taking a really hard look at all the stuff we own, and starting to gather things that we realize we're not using, or we don't want to haul it across town to another house. And we're gathering it all into a, a one area. And I'm going to offer it first to our grown kids. Some of our, our kids live in the area. And I've let them know, hey, come by, check this stuff out. If there's anything in here you want, take it. Uh, uh, and everything else, we're going to just donate to charity. We're going to take it to the Goodwill store or somewhere else. Now, you, if you do something similar, you could also choose to have a yard sale. Uh, to me, that's just more trouble than it's worth. Uh, some items, depending on what you have, maybe you want to sell it on eBay or Craigslist or uh, if you have clothes to to get rid of um, that are of good quality, maybe you want to use a service like Poshmark and get, you know, get a little cash to buy new things for uh, for your new home. But the point is to really think about getting rid of of stuff that you have. And so some of the things that we're evaluating and that you might want to think about are, of course, clothes. Do you have clothes in there? This is something we ought to be doing, you know, routinely anyway, but especially if you're getting ready to move. Uh, what clothes do you have there that you, you there, there's no reason to move them to a new home. Now's the time to pull those out. Uh, books. Now, this is a hard one for me because I have a lot of books. My husband will tell you he has moved boxes and boxes and boxes of my books across country more than once. Uh, but I am really trying to pare that down and really think about how many boxes of books do I want to take into a new home? Knickknacks, dishes, utensils, and small appliances in the house. What do you have in those cupboards that you have not used in the last year? And it just sits in there because in, in our case, it's easy to keep things. We have a ton of storage in this current house. And so even without getting rid of things, things don't look crowded or cluttered. But do I want to go through the work and the hassle and the expense of packing all this stuff up and moving it to a new house. So look at everything with that in mind. Even furniture, lamps, um, you know, tables, things like that. Decor items. 
linens? Are you going to be getting rid of a, of, you know, a twin size bed and you don't need twin size sheets anymore? Go through your linen closets, go through your cosmetics and other bathroom items, your craft supplies and mementos, and really think about what, what do I have here that is really worth the time and the effort and the expense of packing it up and moving it across country. The fact is the less of this stuff you keep, the less work and expense you'll have to do to move it. And the more you get rid of now, the easier it is to clean the house, touch it up and get it ready to look really nice for, to maximize your sale price. So just some things to think about. That's my number, you know, number one is to plan ahead. Number two, start get ri- getting rid of stuff. Uh, moving to a new home is a perfect time to really take a look at everything you own and declutter, get rid of things that that don't make the cut of being worth spending time and energy and money on moving. A third thing, and it, these aren't necessarily in any order other than just this is what I thought of them. Start to gather manuals and paperwork for any appliances or electric, or, you know, systems, house systems that you're going to be leaving behind. So if you you're leaving your, you know, your washer and dryer, your refrigerator, your stove, your, you know, the air conditioning units, anything that's staying in the house that you have the manuals for, the warranty documents, the paperwork, start gathering all that up, putting it into a folder or a binder for the new owners, or just plan to put it all in a single drawer in the kitchen. So everything's in one place. None of it accidentally gets packed into, you know, the stuff you take to your new home. And it's all there for the people who are moving into your house when you when you vacate it. And you know, cross your fingers and hope that your sellers will do the same wherever it is you're moving to. So I think that's something I'm trying to remember to do to gather all that stuff together. The next thing that I thought about, and this has really been top of mind for us is Go walk through the house and evaluate and schedule if you're hiring people or start working on if you're doing it yourself, any repairs or touch ups that are needed before listing the house. Uh, Work with your realtor if you're working, you know, if you're going to be listing with a realtor have them walk through the house. The realtor that's uh, working with us, and we met her at another open house, she walked through the house with us and pointed out things that, uh, you know, we said, what about this? Should we do this? Or should we do that? What should we paint? Should we replace this carpet? And she was very helpful in saying, yes, do this thing and do that thing. No need to do this other thing over here. You're not going to, a buyer's not going to care about that. So she could give really good advice on where's the best place to spend our money and our energy in preparing the house to sell uh, as a part of that. So my husband's busy, busy working on things. I'm, you know, I'm trying to clean some things here and there. We're, you know, we're several weeks out before we're ready to list, but there are things we want to do. And we've had people into, to do part of it. Mike's doing part of it. We're repainting lots of things. So the house has a fresh look and, one thing I thought about with that is uh, do yourself and or the the next occupants of the house a favor. And if you have, you know, if you're repainting anything, label those 
cans of leftover paint, not just with the color and the brand, but which room each was used in, uh, so that it's easy to tell, and then leave all of those together in one closet or cupboard or shelf, wherever it makes sense, so that they've got it if they need to do touch-ups after they move in, maybe, you know, things get dinged up as they're moving in, they can find that paint, know what goes where. Whatever repairs touch-ups, refreshes need to be done, work on those, get those scheduled. At the same time, you can start packing in stages. We've done some moves where we unfortunately waited till the last minute. And then you've got, you know, uh, just this intensive, exhausting process of trying to pack up the whole household in a day. I really don't want to do that this time. This will be the first time we've ever moved with no kids living at home. So we don't have, you know, kids toys and that sort of thing. But as I've mentioned in previous episodes, you know, we've been married a long time and we've raised five kids. We've got a lot of stuff. So again, trying to get rid of it, it's to make it an easier job for us. Since our kids are all dispersed, I don't know who's going to be able to come back and help us move. So I'm trying to think about packing in stages. So starting now, thinking about when do we think we might be wanting to move, what are the going to be the out of season clothes that I could pack up now, out of season decor or bedding, uh, books that you don't use a lot, a lot of those can get, you know, packed up early, specialty kitchen items that you don't anticipate using before the move, if we're going to move before the holidays. So, um, you know, we can go ahead and pack that stuff up, label those boxes, I'll talk about that in a minute. But getting, you know, getting that stuff packed up now, so that by the time it's actually time to move, there's not as much that we have to mess with. I think it's helpful to designate one space for all of those boxes to go in, maybe an unused guest room or the garage, if you have one or something like that. But gather, you know, start putting all that stuff in one place, it's going to make it simpler when it comes time to load everything out. Uh, Label the boxes uh, by the room they're supposed to go into into your new home, as well as consider labeling them by weight, whether and not, you know, not weighing them, but mark each one. Is this a heavy box, medium weight, a lightweight? That will help when it's time to load the truck to know that you're not going to be putting a heavy box of books on top of a lightweight box with, you know, some crystal in it or something. Uh, Certainly mark things that are fragile, maybe indicate which side is up. Uh, Some some of the people that write about these things cons- uh, recommend considering color coding the boxes. So each room gets a different color, something like that. Definitely consider maintaining some sort of inventory of what's in the boxes, especially if you start packing ahead of time, like I'm recommending and like I'm trying to do, you're going to forget what you put in what box. But if you either have in your notebook or in an app somewhere a list and maybe 
number each box. And then in your inventory, you know, box number two has the toaster and the blender and the, you know, this thing and that number box number 12 has the, the productivity books or the, you know, what, whatever works for you. Box number 14 has the queen size linens, that sort of thing. Um, the main things that are in each box, not every item that's going to make it easier for you to find what you need when you get to your new home and you haven't unpacked everything, but you need that toaster. If you've created that inventory, you can look in your inventory and find which box that's in instead of having to open everything and have partially emptied boxes all over the house. I speak from experience. I've lived in that house more than once. And so this is something I really want to do this time to try and make it easier. And then a few days before the move, pack a suitcase or a duffel bag or whatever for each family member with just the clothes, toiletries, medications, whatever that they're going to need for the few days before and after the move. And one uh, writer that I was looking at, she recommended that you just live out of that suitcase, you know, so you literally you put your cosmetics and everything into the pack into that bag. And you live out of that for the last couple of days before you move. So a you'll know where all your necessities are in the chaos of, of preparing to move. And B, they won't accidentally get packed. And then you, you, you know, you don't know, don't have access to something you really need. So I kind of like that idea. So packing in stages so that hopefully by the time it comes down to that last week before you move, uh, it's going to go more smoothly because the things that you have left to pack are just the things you've been using all along. Uh, start gathering packing supplies. Uh, don't wait too long for that. I think that's something, especially if you want to pack in stages that like I've suggested, you want to ahead of time start gathering the supplies you need. The obvious things, of course, things like boxes of varying sizes, bubble wrap, packing tape, uh, padding, you know, those furniture pad things, a, a furniture cart, a four wheel cart or a dolly, a hand truck for heavy stuff. You're going to need all that stuff when it comes time to move. And if you're doing boxes you know, a few at a time, you still might want to have a hand truck handy, one of those dollies, whatever you want to call them, um, to move boxes around to the space where you're keeping them. But in addition to the obvious things, one thing I've found really helpful in the past is to have a box of Ziploc bags handy, um, just the sandwich size ones and, and, and then also quart size and gallon size. And what you'd use those for is to put all the small parts for any disassembled furniture or electronics into each, each item into, uh, one bag. So say you take apart a bed and it's, you've got some bolts and brackets and things, put all the piece, those pieces into one Ziploc bag and label it by what piece of furniture it goes to just write on it with a, you know, with a black Sharpie and then either tape it to the, um, securely to the underside of the piece of equipment or inside a drawer. Uh, and when I say tape it securely, I mean, use high quality packing tape, not scotch tape. It won't hold and you'll end up losing things. So you want to really tape it in good or another alternative. If you don't want to tape eat 
you know, each baggie to the whatever item it belongs, those parts belong to. Maybe you designate a single box or bin or a basket to put all those baggies in, all labeled by what piece of furniture or piece of equipment they go to, and then just make sure you keep that box or bin or basket right where you can find it. It doesn't go into the truck. It stays with you because that's where all the parts you're going to need to put everything back together are in. And again, you've labeled them with a black Sharpie. It's very clear what they go to. They're sealed shut and, you know, in a, in a secure place. To me, that's a really useful packing tool to have or a packing supply to have. It's just some Ziploc bags. Um, and also you'll want to have a toolkit for disassembly and for minor repairs as you're packing. So, you know, just a box with a hammer, a couple different kinds of screwdrivers, pliers, whatever you need to say, disassemble furniture or equipment, um, and maybe to make minor repairs to un- unhook the, the washing machine and dryer. If you're taking those with you, those sorts of things, whatever tools you need for that. Another tip I read that I thought was really useful is as you're disassembling things and putting them away, particularly electronics like your stereo system or your TV, take before you unhook anything, take a picture of it so you can see exactly what was plugged in where. Uh, I wish I had thought of that before because we've had moments, you know, where in the rush to unpack, we're just pull all the cords out, wrap them up, put them somewhere. And then we get back into the new house and we're like, okay, what, what does this cord go to? Or how do we plug this in? How was this system hooked up? So I love that idea of taking pictures of where everything's plugged in. Something to think about. Uh, Another thing, as you get closer to the time of moving, pack a first day essentials kit and take it with you in your car. Don't pack this on the truck. Whether you're moving yourself or, um, you know, having movers come, there are certain things you want to have with you when you walk in the door of your new house. So for instance, a cleaning kit, just, you know, just the basics, some all-purpose cleaner, maybe window cleaner, couple sponges, some rubber gloves, toilet bowl cleaner, cleaning rags, a broom, a mop, a bucket. You want to have that stuff handy where you can put your hands on it even before they start unloading the truck. Um, You'll want to have, or I encourage you to consider having with you a set of bedding for each bed that you're going to want to sleep in that first night and towels for your first shower. So just one box with all of that um, right there with you handy where, where it's, where you can use it as soon as you move in. Maybe some paper plates, plastic cups and cutlery, some paper towels, um, sanitary hand wipes, toilet paper. (laughs) You want to have that handy, a toolkit. So tape, nails, you know, like picture hanging nails, maybe, or just nails, a hammer, screwdrivers, scissors, pliers, couple extension cords, those sorts of things that you want to be able to put your hands on even before they've unloaded the truck. A first aid kit comes in handy, especially if you're doing the move yourself. So just, just a few things, some pain reliever, Advil, Motrin, whatever it is you prefer, band-aids, any necessary medications for any of the family members, illnesses or allergies or anything like that. Have that right there with you. If you have children at home that are moving with you, you might want to have a kit with a few games or toys to entertain them. 
uh, while things are being done, although I have another recommendation about that. Uh, a, a kit with some snacks and bottled water, especially if you're doing, you know, a, a do-it-yourself move and you've got friends and family helping you, you want to be able to offer them snacks and, and have bottled water because um, it's thirsty work. Uh, pet foods and the dish, you know, pet, pet, whatever pets you're taking with you, make sure you've got their food and their dishes handy, phone chargers, anything like that, that you want to make sure that you've got access to uh, as soon as you walk in the door of your new home, have that with you in a, in a box or a set, couple of boxes and right there with you in the car that you're traveling in so that you've got them before they even open the back of the truck. Um, to that point of walking into the house, if you can make arrangements to get into the new house early to measure rooms to um, maybe to clean to paint if necessary, it's certainly easier to do some of those things before the rooms are filled with boxes and furniture. My husband and I've been talking about this since we're moving, you know, when we move, it'll be probably somewhere here nearby, we're hoping we can figure out a way to get in there before moving day to kind of get things ready, just because we're finding, you know, it's a pain in the neck to be remodeling a bathroom that that you're, you know, while you're living in the house or that sort of thing. So um, to be able to do that beforehand. Now, you can't always do that. If you're moving across country, it may be difficult or you know, if you need, frankly, if you need the money from the sale of your current house for the down payment on the new one, then you're not going to be able to move, you know, get in there early. So as an alternative, consider when you do unload, if you know there's cleaning to be done or you want to paint a room or any of those sorts of things, put as much of your furniture and boxes into the garage or in one room of the house until you've done whatever cleaning or painting or whatever you want to do so that um, you don't have to work around boxes and furniture. After you've done those repairs, the cleanup, whatever it is you need to do, then move into the room. Uh, some things about moving day, kind of, you know, I, the I envisioned this episode being more about getting ready to move and not so much about the moving day itself, but there are some things to think about in ahead of time, um, about moving day that you can prepare for ahead of time. That is, if you can, if you uh, arrange for childcare and or pet care somewhere away from the house on the day of moving, uh, if you have young children. Now, if you have teenagers, boy, let, let them help carry boxes and, and move things around. But for small kids uh, and pets, it's um, easy for them to kind of get lost in the shuffle. It's I, I know stories and it's happened to me when I was a kid where a, a pet got out, got loose on the move day and all the chaos of moving things out. And we, you know, we lost a beloved pet because it ran off. So if you can, you know, either have a family member looking after the small children or the pets or put your pets in a kennel, something for the day of the move itself, both the move out and the move in, they may be happier and you'll be able to focus on the task at hand. When you get into the new house, um, well, before that, at 
at the old house after everything's been moved out, make time, make sure you make time for one last careful walkthrough. Check every drawer, every cupboard, every closet, the attic, the basement, wherever things might be to make sure nothing was left behind. Look up on those top shelves in the closet. Um, Look, you know, underneath things to make sure nothing got left behind. Um, then when you get to the new house and it's time to start unloading, have somebody, whether it's you or someone else designated to direct the loaders, telling them where to put boxes, where furniture should go, et cetera, answering questions, um, someone who's got access to the toolkit, the emergency kit up there that I was talking about the, all those things. So have somebody who's responsible for that while everybody else is doing other things. I encourage you, and you've probably heard this before, but if you haven't, uh, this is, I think, an important tip. Try, if you can, to assemble and make up the beds as early in the day as possible. If you're planning on sleeping in the house that night, because you, the last thing you're going to want to do at the end of a long loadout, you know, day is make beds. So if you can have things loaded in such a way that as early in the day as possible, the beds get put in the rooms they belong in and they get assembled and, and then make up those beds so that when you, the day is done, you can all collapse into your beds without having to look for sheets and pillows and stuff. Um, Alternatively, consider just booking a nearby motel room for the first night or two so you don't have to mess with any of that, especially if you want to be doing any painting or cleaning and so you don't want to assemble furniture. It might be nice to have a nearby motel room that you can go to to just relax where there's no chaos. So just think about that. Um, as you're unloading and putting boxes into the rooms they belong in, consider having those boxes just stacked in a closet instead of left in the middle of the room that to leave yourself more space in the room to assemble and arrange the furniture and just to have a little less chaos. If everything can be put into closets and doors closed, um, you know, you can take things out one at a time to put them away rather than having boxes everywhere you go. Certainly try ahead of time to, you know, on moving day, know where there's a pizza place or some other food option near your new home that will deliver so that you can feed the family and your helpers without having to cook. So those are just a few things that I've thought about as we are now contemplating another move. We've lived where we are for I forget, 12 years or something like that now. Um, It's a long, that's a long time for us. And as we're contemplating moving again, I'm trying to sort of get my thoughts organized. These are some thoughts that came to me from my past experience and some reading I've done, but I would love to know what you think. I would love to hear a story about one of your moves where things went well, or maybe where they didn't, or your best tip for making a a move go smoothly. What am I not thinking about? What should I be thinking about as we're considering moving, selling our current home and moving somewhere else? I'd love to hear from you and hear uh, your thoughts about this. You can share those questions or thoughts or stories in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 259. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page 
or if you're a woman who listens to this show and you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, definitely we can have this conversation there. I'd love to hear your stories. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, ideas, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Before we go, just a few thoughts about the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. I mentioned them earlier. They are a returning sponsor. They provide learning pathways for those seeking career advancement or personal enrichment through a wide range of educational opportunities, including certificate and specialized studies programs, short courses, and strategic partnerships. Courses and certifications are taught by industry practitioners in a wide range of categories from business and leadership to tech, project management, business law, engineering, human resources, and over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs on campus and online, all designed for the working professional. So if you're looking to advance yourself in your career or to just do some personal enrichment, UC Irvine's Division of Continuing Education is a great alternative. The 100% online courses offer convenience and flexibility and a truly immersive online classroom experience that even can include collaboration with your peers, which is a useful educational tool. Open enrollment means there are no applications to complete. Just log in and sign up. You can pay for a single course or enroll in an entire certification program. You have full control over your academic plan. And through their programs, you can advance in your career in as little as six months. Their fall quarter is coming up and registration is open now. So visit ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and enter TPW for 15% off one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productive woman and the promo code TPW to get 15% off one course. If you can't remember this or you're driving, there'll be links for all this in the show notes. So you can just go to theproductivewoman.com slash 259 and, and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see those links. And this, this offer is only valid till the end of 2019. So be sure and check it out. And remember that for a limited time, Blinkist has that special offer just for the Productive Woman audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. That's seven days of unlimited free access to read or listen to Blinkist's massive library of books. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash TPW to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash TPW. And thank you so much to Blinkist and to University of California, Irvine, for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am, as always, so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I don't take it lightly. I hope it was helpful to you. And I would love to hear from you with your thoughts and ideas. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. (music) 